Welcome to Meta Talks, where we bring in experts to dive deep into all things metaverse. With your hosts, Kate Hancock and Daniel Robbins. Welcome everyone back to Meta Talks. Was just learning about Australia. So I always enjoy this show because I get to talk to people from all around the world. And today we have Chris Abbott from Saltwater Games. And we don't just talk about technology or how technology is changing or Web3 or games. We talk about real life. And I was just learning about the drop bear in Australia that I guess people have to look out for. It's super dangerous. So if you go to Australia yeah. and you're Australian, you might get attacked by this bear. So just want to, you know, I, I want to hand that yeah, to other people. You've got to be careful. Yeah, anybody who's coming to Australia, you've got to watch those drop bears. They're like koala bears, but big claws. They fall out of the tree. It's a, it's a, it's a rumor that people, people have spread, but you've got to be careful of them. There's, everyone has a big fear of coming over to Australia and thinking that, uh, that everything's going to eat you alive, but it's, it's not so bad. It's not what you expect. <laughs> I know. I mean, here in the U.S., I'm only worried about, like, Bigfoot. But, you know, I'm yeah. not. And Australia does seem scary to me because there's, like, crocodiles even though i used to live in florida and there was alligators and there's like bears and goes and you know is a koala bear are they do they attack people or are they pretty nice (laughs) now that's the that's the kind of the joke i guess in the in the drop bear story the uh the koala bear is pretty cute and doesn't really do much it just sort of sits around eating eucalyptus trees and apparently apparently getting high from that so you know they're pretty they're pretty chilled those things you've got nothing to worry about there and I think our uh, I think our, our crocodiles trump your small alligators, but you know. Ah, uh, I have eaten alligator meat. Have you eaten crocodile yeah. meat? I have. I have tried it. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, Do they fry it's, it? It's, it's it's a bit it's a bit tough. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not super popular. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's too much of a delicacy. Kangaroo as well. It's pretty good if you don't overcook it. Oh, they delicious. eat kangaroo. I didn't know that. Wow. Oh, yeah, no, can, yeah, get kangaroo in the supermarkets. It's uh, you just just cook it lightly. That's the trick. That's the tip for your listeners. If you're ever eating kangaroo, just cook that. Just sear that thing. That's the trick. Well, I need to. I'm gonna do that because I used to like going to stores where they had like different styles of meat. I never could find kangaroo, so I'm gonna do that. So we can jump in now. And thank you, Chris, for joining us. Saltwater Games. I know is making the future the future of gaming but not just gaming to have fun but gaming to impact the world so before we dive into that because i'm very curious about triple a gaming web3 blockchain like how is this all combining for social impact i want to know more about you so can you tell the audience here tell us a little bit about how you got into what you're doing now yeah so i mean we kind of just talked about Australia a little bit, but I'm, a, I'm I guess to a certain degree a foreigner. So I've been over here from, for about 17 years. But originally I come from the the north of England uh, where it rains and it's all a little bit miserable. But I had to had to get away. So about 17 years years ago I moved to Australia. So grew up in the northwest of England, super balanced childhood. Um, very lo- very lucky to spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, you know, kind of playing and tinkering with anything mechanical. I uh, used to used to race a lot of cars uh, when I was a kid and get myself in all sorts of scuffs. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, when 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 the weather wasn't appalling, which it often is in Manchester, um, you know, I was at I was at home, I guess, uh, playing 
playing games and a lot of the time racing games and uh, used to get all my buddies around and we'd, we'd, we'd run tournaments while my parents were away and make a big event of it. So I guess to a certain degree, and that's super relevant to what I'm doing now, I grew up gaming and, and doing anything with motorsport. So Saltwater Games is you know, right on the sphere of, uh, of, of my dream job, really. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I guess in relation to my role now, I, I started in design um you know way back when when uh design was a dirty word and there was no future for a career i think my dad was disappointed in me and there was no hope but you know that's kind of changed a little bit these days um worked in advertising for many years um and at the same time you know I, working in advertising as, as an art director and a creative i you know i never really it never really stuck with me um no one could kind of give me answers on on the effectiveness of the work we were doing and then as soon as digital kind of came along, um, you know, I, I guess you could say I was in, in UX uh, and product design before it, it even had that name and that terminology. So I transitioned into, in, into digital, um, you know, building websites, mobile apps and mobile games uh, for brands and clients working in a, an agency world. Um, and, I, you know, I love the data and the user feedback, right? And that was the first time you were able to get analysis on what you were doing and being able to test and learn and, and, and figure out. And I, I guess that was the beginning of my career in user-centered design and product. Um, and, and that's very much how we're working with our community and Celeros at the moment at Saltwater Games. And Celeros is the, the, you know, the, the, the game that Saltwater Games is building at the moment. Um, but I'm a, a founder in, in Saltwater Games and I, I head up product. Um, so, yeah, you know, I transitioned from there. Uh, into book big four consulting and then uh, broke off from that with, with one of our co-founders now who's our creative director um, and we, 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 we had a, a design innovation company for many years called North Collective um, somebody else now runs that we're very much in building multi-million dollar digital transformational projects um, working with startups building new technologies uh, everything from mobile apps to, to, to websites and working with big fortune com companies, you know, across fintech, um, telecoms, marketplace design, education, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess I kind of started my career very much on a creative side of things. And then these days I kind of talk about myself as a, almost like a commercial creative, having had that business uh, side of things and that business experience. So, um, yeah, so, so I guess that was the kind of the beginning of my career. And then, um, you know, after North and, and running North and helping a number of uh, companies go through that sort of acceleration period, uh, high growth period, um, uh, we, we started up Saltwater Games and Len, our CEO, who we've worked with for many years, investing in companies, building companies together, kind of pulled together a, to a certain degree, a motley crew um, of people um, to, to, to start Saltwater Games. So that was six months ago. Um, and that's, you know, we've got a diverse team uh, you know, uh, between us, um, and you know, the opportunity couldn't be missed. That was right on my radar uh, with racing, um, making impact, um, and and design and product, um, and and of course gaming. So it's pretty exciting what we're doing. Um, my as I mentioned, my role is um, chief product officer, so I oversee all of the streams of product um, and 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 the UX uh, design, working with Ian, our creative director. Um, and yeah, it's we're, we're we're six months in, but it's a pretty exciting journey. So hopefully that gives you some context. Yeah, no, thank you. It's always amazing how you can go back to your childhood and see how all of yeah. your 
experiences culminate into where you're at today. Like something, yeah. your point, your parents thought was really stupid or not going to go anywhere ends up being something yeah. in that moment that's like the best thing ever. So why don't you, I, I love to understand because you and I, we spoke about this before. People think like blockchain gaming and the future of gaming when you combine Web3 that what's out there is just bad games. And so mm-hmm. everyone talking about when is there going to be this great game, this AAA game or however you define it. I'm not, I'm not really a gamer. So if I'm saying the wrong definition, just correct me, but yes. when are they going to make a game that combines like rewarding all of these things that, you know, that we see as the future with an actually great game? Yeah, it's a good question. Hope, hopefully we're in the remit to do that. Right. Like we, we, we primarily put the focus on making sure that the game is fun. Right. And that's the first thing that I think um, needs to come into line. And I think a lot of, you know, let's call it Web3 games have, have come along and, and that, you know, w- w- with the objective really to, to drive revenue um, and, and to lean on what I call extrinsic motivators, right? This kind of play to earn model uh, where you're getting paid for, for doing something, right? And people traditionally align paying to do something with work, right? And, and for us, we, and if you look at traditional AAA games, um, you know, fun is the primary thing for us, right? And, and it needs to always be that. And there's a lot of benefits from from blockchain technology. Um, there's been a lot of challenges in blockchain t- technology, but there are a lot of benefits for us to be able to lean on to actually utilize. And, and for us, it's a, it's a secondary thing. We want to build an amazing game and we want to make sure it's a free-to-play game. Um, but we also want to integrate some of the blockchain technology elements to make the experience beneficial for the user. And I think Coming from a user-centered design background, I'm always thinking of the customer and the user. We need to put that first um, and everything else will follow after that. Um, and, and I think a lot of Web3 games um, have, have almost been a little bit of a, a pyramid scheme, right? You kind of need to build in and bring in a lot of users. You build up the price. It relies on bringing in more, more, more and more users. Um, and, and for us, you know, that's that, that, that model doesn't necessarily have longevity, right? And a lot of that comes down to the economic design and the economic model um, but we, we we're, we're here to build a long-term AAA game um, and we're partnering with the right companies to do that and we're bringing in the right team to do that right we've been very much hidden away over the last six seven months doing a lot of this strategic work doing a lot of the background economic design work to make sure when we come to market like any AAA game you know a AAA game can cost hundreds of millions of dollars to build, right? It's not a it's not a quick thing to do. You've got to put the stability in there, and you've got to build longevity in the game. And a lot of that comes from the economic economic design and making sure that you're putting users first yeah, at a amazing. high level. Hopefully that helps you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, it's amazing how some of these games cost more than like you're saying blockbuster movies. Like a game oh, could yeah. cost as much as Avatar too, and could make you know maybe even more money. Right. Billions. So I, I could understand, like you mentioned, the time and you want to take the time. And it's interesting you talk about the economics. That was yeah. a big topic of conversation, I think, in 2022, as we saw the economics of most of these games actually destroy the game, unfortunately. And I think the users yeah. got a lot. Of, they were pretty upset because they quit their jobs, went all in on this game and then in the end had to go back to work, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So how do you see gaming rewards obviously we have like you know roblox and stuff where you can buy things in game but how do you see people being more rewarded and maybe something even beyond money 
and maybe and not just your game, just games in the future. And that's why I think of the social impact. How do you see people being rewarded besides just having fun and maybe not even just money? Are there other ways to reward users or can users expect being rewarded mm. in different ways? Yeah, I mean, it's a big it's a big topic. I mean, I talk again and a lot of this comes from my kind of background in user centered design and, and, and um, you know, psychology. But a lot of it comes down to, I think, uh, the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivators. So. You know, intrinsic motivators are, you know, things that you do because you because you want to that are fun, right? And a lot of games are designed that way. Um, I think play to play to earn games kind of lean on that extrinsic motivator, right? All of a sudden, you you know, you're taking something that's 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 a really good experience, a fun experience that you want to do, and then you're 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 feeding in extrinsic motivators of like, okay, I have to earn something here, or I have to come away with something, right? And I think making sure that you can get that balance right is important. But as we talked about before, we're, we're actually kind of trying to, to develop a new category design here, right, which is play to impact. Um, and, and, and the thing that brought all of us together when we initially started this project was a vision for doing something bigger, right? Other than the fact, hey, you know, let's continue building games and being involved in racing and there's many other elements to the business. The thing that brought the core group together was 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 a belief that we could do something bigger, right? And the play to impact model leans again, as we talked again, uh, talked about before, on, on, on an economic design model that, 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 that allows us to create um, something that's not an isolated economic model, right? So, um, and, and what that means is um, our, uh, our revenue streams um, and the, the flow of money uh, in in and out of the business, it need it needs to it needs to have um, levers, right? Um, inflationary and deflationary levers, like any economy, right? So you look at the local council or your local government. You know those governments they they have levers to pull to be able to control the economy and the balance of things, right? If land gets too expensive, you 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 build more land and the price comes down right and so we we need to make sure that within Salaros that we've got multiple levers um, multiple drivers for us to be able to control and one of those things is is actually being able to pull money out of Salaros and put money that is driven through multiple revenue streams in in Salaros out into real world impact projects right now that's a deflationary lever for us that allows us to invest in real world in, impact projects um, whether that's social or environmental good, and link that to the narrative of Celeros. Now, so that benefits us and allows us to control the economic balance, but also it allows us to, 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 to make real-world impact. And those impact projects that we'll work with and those third-party providers, and in fact, we might end up building those ourselves, um, they, they, they will also provide yield back into our model, right? So we've got a balanced inflationary element as well. So with that money comes back into the business as yield um, and, and it allows us to pull another lever and another controller. So along with making uh, real world impact, um, we're also uh, able to create a more stable economic model. And that, that's wow. called a thermoeconomic model, yeah. Wow, okay. So money comes in, you take, that, you take some of that money you can actually reinvest some yeah. of that money. And if that money makes money, then you take that money and reinvest that money back into the game. So the game, yeah, it's, that, that is, I've never heard that before. That is very interesting. I mean, it, it makes yeah. total sense. It's, yeah. 
I think it's um, that is like you're saying people, I think people, especially people that play games, I think, you know, if I'm looking at younger generations, they're really big on like impacting the world and they want to make the world a better place than where they left it. It seems like that's really big for them. So it, it makes sense if you're going to have people playing a game and they're the future generations that if your game can also impact not just yourself, but things outside. That's why I thought it was interesting. Cause if you go to saltwatergames.com, I love your, your tagline here, creating worlds where physical and virtual merge for competition rewards, education, and social impact. Can you explain what is the educational component that you see, or if you're already working on something? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the there are multiple elements to, to that, I guess. Um, There'll be, there'll be educational elements like in any game, right? Like there's a career mode you'll go through, um, you know, the partners that we work with. And when we talk about real world impacts and, and we, we kind of, you know, you've probably heard this term XR before, which is mixed reality, right? And when we talk about XR, that, that means multiple things, right? We see a, a virtual world of Celeros um, where there's a game experience. We also have multiple real world connections, not just the real world impact that we're playing, but we only work with real world, um, real world partners like Airspeeder, for example. That's a real world race series. So that's flying at F1 for the skies. That's going to be the first race series in Celeros that exists. And we'll be taking real world data from their race series and we'll be putting it into ours and then we'll be playing it back again. So that's another example of the mixed reality element. Um, in, in, in terms of the, the, the uh, educational component, uh, we're going to be educating people in not just how to become a better, better gamer or a better pilot, but also what's going on in the real world and the initiatives that Airspeeder and our partners are doing, right? These guys align to our values and all the initiatives they're involved in the real world, they're trying to have positive impact. You know, they're uh, EV toll, um, they're only electric race series, we'll only work with businesses that want to have positive impact in the real world. And Airspeeder is just one of those. We're talking to multiple partners on our roadmap about bringing them in and bringing their values and designing the narrative of Celeros around their future vision of what they're trying to achieve in a future world where they're the dominant race series. And the world is a positive world. Um, we see we see Celeros, uh, the game experience, being a very positive world um, where ecology is part of technology. And we have leveraged technology. We've learned that we need to make change in the in in the world that we live in if we want to be sustainable. And we will only work with partners that align with our values as well. And so there's education all the way through that. Like, how do we all make positive impact in the world? How do we leverage technology um, uh, to to make that? What impact projects are going to make impact? Um, you know, on the on the world that we live in today. And so that everything is fed in. Uh, throughout in terms of education and what we're trying to do in Celeros. Yeah, it would, it would appear that now if your business doesn't have a mission or a clear mission, then your business will most likely fail just because consumers want to be a part of a company. They want to go along the journey with one that has a mission. I want to dive more into Australia and I want to understand because it's so global. I, obviously, the world is always global, right? But I think business yeah. has become more global in the sense that you can do business, you can make connections, you can get users. And it's not like before where you had to first start in a certain place. So you make a game before, I'm sure you had to target, you know, a region and then a local place. And now you can create something and everyone around the world 
you might even have, you know, a cunt, like maybe somewhere in Africa takes, you know, takes the game and loves it. And now all of a sudden you're yeah. expanded in that region. So I want to understand though, from, from Australia's perspective or your perspective on Australia, when it comes to tech, you know, are you seeing a lot, yeah. obviously you're, you're based in Australia, and, but how are you, how are you feeling the whole like web three and, and, you know, advanced technologies, like you mentioned XR and stuff. How is that, that environment, that community in Australia? Yeah, I mean, Australia has always been, um, you know, obviously we've got a, a smaller population, but on, on scale, Australia has always been on the map from a tech point of view. And I think one of the reasons is, is, has been that the, the demographic and the personas of Australia align very much to the US and to the UK, right? Um, and the behaviors of, you know, in, in the market of what, what people want. So traditionally large corporates, you know, Google famously, um, built um, Google Maps out of Australia, and, and then after that, Google threw out a load of other things out in the roadmap, and and and, and had them first in in Australia first because that's a great testing base, right? Like any good tech company should be led with um, you know a, an MVP strategy where you're taking your product to market and you can test, you can get feedback. It's it's almost like a you know a, a, a massive testing base, um, and Australia has always been that, and it's allowed Australia to grow and innovate with lots of um, huge tech companies here from Atlassian through to, you know, our, our friends over at IMX um, uh, and Alluvium, uh, you know, to talk about crypto games. You know, on, on, the, on the scale of things, Australians are also very uh, industrious, right? They're de determined and they're hardworking. And, and so, you know, considering the size of such a small population, like 25 million people, you know, I think Australia is doing all right on the side on, on the on, on the scale of things well i need to get over there one day so <laughs> I, yeah you said you're going to come and visit so i'm going to hold you to that <laughs> yeah so i'm going to visit and maybe i'll surf i've never surfed before but i might i heard the reef is pretty amazing so I, i'm always yeah. curious and i think we like to be realistic with our audience a lot of people are having a tough time uh fundraising right now like unlike they were, you know, a year, maybe two years ago. And yeah. then costs, I think, have continued to rise when it comes to just most things in business. Right. So where do you see if somebody was to say, I want to start a game right now, how much do you think realistically somebody would need? And then how are you seeing the pulse of the market when it comes to trying to get funding for a game? Yeah, there's a, there's a bit in there. I guess, you know, the, the size of the pot you need depends on, on, on your vision, right? And what we're doing is, is, is highly ambitious. Um, we're, we're very lucky because the team and the network that we come, come from, um, we've, all, we've all been lucky enough to have some good success and, and we have some good network. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're spread um, globally. Um, the, the team is um, you know, spread globally. We have a bit of a hub here in Australia from product and tech. Um, our CEO, Len, is, is based in Dubai and we have a lot of our partners in Dubai. And you know, we've even got relationships and conversations going on in Saudi, right? So we're kind of targeting where, um, where we're targeting nations and geographies where um, people believe that, that that gaming and and, and social good is the future, um, and and that's allowing us because of that bigger why, the, the play to impact uh, bigger why that brought us all together. I think I think people can tell um, that that's that, that that we've that we've got a bigger vision, and and, and that's going to allow us to keep pushing and driving what we're doing. You know that combined with our 
um, our combined success across the team allows us to have have great conversations um, and, and, and has allowed us to open up doors um, for us to be able to find partners that, that want to invest in what we're doing. And so that that's allowed us to have probably conversations that other people at the moment might not be able to. So the Play to Impact initiative has certainly been a key driver, um, but also the, 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 the broader vision um, and um, making sure that we're taking our partners along there. It, it certainly is a tough time to raise capital. Um, and I think a, a, lot of the, a lot of the companies that are in our space, um, you know, like, like we've seen in a lot of the other kind of tech bubbles before, um, the, the ones that survive this round, they're the ones that will come out shining. And we hope we're going to be part of that. I really, I think play to impact needs to be told more. I've never heard that before. And I think more people need to hear about that because play to impact. I, I really like that. I think that the play to earn, like you said, it's almost like when something is just about me it never succeeds, but if something is about, you know, a greater, a greater purpose, I think people want to attach more to it than just how I yeah. earn, you know, how can I change the world? But uh, thank you for that. That's another part that I love about how, how things have been transforming the last few years when it comes to funding before it was like you had to go to Silicon Valley, which means you had to probably be in the U S means you had to, or if not in the U S you had to have connections there. It was very hyper-focused on, you know, one specific place where funding goes. And now I'm seeing people, for example, someone in the U S was just telling me they've been spending time in Malaysia because there's someone in Malaysia that wants to invest in their company. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's, I never would have thought, you know, there's so many countries and people that want to invest. You don't have to focus on like previously it was just, you know, Silicon Valley. And as we know, it was, you know, obviously, you know, mostly men getting funded. Right. It was it was like one type of person. So now Mm. it seems, though, that that there's more options for people. But I like what you said, building a network, but then also showing that you've had business success in the past, not even necessarily on what what you're doing, just the fact that mm. pe- people investing in the business aren't really investing in you and the other founders. I think that, you know, I think that that's great for people to hear that maybe, maybe it's good to go get the experience because I think everyone just wants to be an entrepreneur and start a business. However, yeah. maybe going to get real world experience, real business experience, working for somebody, consulting, whatever you're doing can help you later on. What do you think yeah. about that? Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think that any of us would have tried to do what we're trying to do, you know, 10 years in our, 10 years ago in our career. Um, you know, Len, our CEO, has um, had, had, had many successes uh, in investments in building tech companies in, in the same sort of space. And because of that, um, you know, and because of all the rest of our networks, um, you know, we, we also used to have a little bit of a fund ourselves. So we're, we're quite well connected in that space. So that's, that's been easier to have those conversations. But an, an, another aspect of what we're doing, I guess, is that, you know, we, um, we know what we're trying to do is, is, is highly ambitious, but we're, we're very lucky to have the partners that we have. And we, we, our, our model relies on us drawing in partners to help us solve certain problems. And, and, and there's another common attribute across the team there where, you know, we, we built businesses through partners. Um, you, you can't, you know, you could, you, you'd be silly to think that you would have the skill set to know how to build a game, how to build an economy, how to partner with a, a flying race series, um, you know, how to manage a treasury, 
um, you know, uh, all, all the all these elements, um, you know, are, are, are such big things that you, from our point of view, you kind of need to bring in the right partners and you need to put the right incentive model around how you work with those partners. Um, and we've got some pretty pretty big news in terms of some of some of those partners that um, we're, we're, we're about to announce. So um, we, we, we rely on bringing the best of the best into to deliver on this vision um, and having that greater why of making impact also makes those conversations a lot easier, right? Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, I think, I, th I think, I think we've, we've got a lot, a lot on our plate, but we're, uh, we're, we're all pretty pumped and excited to, to be doing what we're doing. Yeah, so I've heard you use the word partner quite a bit. And yeah. I, I'd love to understand how does one find a partner and then convince them to do something with you? I'm, I'm with you. I think you can't do anything by yourself. I mean, even just as a siloed company, no matter what industry you're in. And, you know, we, we work with a tons, we work tons of partners. A lot of our competitors are actually partners of ours. So, uh, you know, we, we work with one another, we help one another, even though we're, mm. you know, sometimes we're competing. Uh, but I think that's how things really get done is, and mm. somebody once told me there's no competition, there's only collaboration. So, Nobody is your actual competition. It's how do you yeah. find those and you get win-win and how do you collaborate with everyone? And so I'd, I'd really like to understand how do you approach a partner? Maybe how do you find yeah. a partner and then how do you even approach them um, for the listeners out there to understand? Yeah, I mean, without repeating myself too much, obviously the, the, the greater why and the, our, our belief in making social environmental um, technological technological impact um, you know certainly opens opens up the door and this new category design you you, you said you haven't heard of play to impact well that's because you know we kind of coined that term so that that's enough to open the door right and then there are other core elements of the business you know there's a there's a, a real world flying race series that we're going to build a parallel um, a parallel game experience to that and the best of our pilots are going to have the opportunity so the best of the gamers in Celeros will have the opportunity to go on to become part of the academy and become a real world pilot in the airspeeder race series so that's pretty crazy too right so there'd be two or three core elements that we kind of lean on to open the doors if if it's a if it's a cold conversation um, but often it's not right across the leadership team um, you know in in, in SWG uh, on the executive, um, you know, there the are eight of us and all of us have good, strong networks, right? So it's either companies that we've helped build, that we have good relationships with, companies that we've invested in and we've helped them grow um, or, or partners just from the, the from the history of our careers. And we always lean on those things, right? And we always lean on trying to find the right people to pull in from our partnerships first. Um, not in many cases, in, in fact, I can, can, can't really think of any, but we've gone cold to anybody, right? It's a network through to another network, through to another conversation. And, you know, that's, that's not an easy thing to develop over the years, but it, it's something that comes with being passionate about what you do and making sure that you know that any interaction you ever have with anybody could be a future opportunity. And, you, and you, you've got to be prepared to constantly deliver on your values and constantly deliver on your word. And I think that's a, a common thing across the team. So that's certainly helped us open up a, lo a lot of doors. Yeah, one of the biggest regrets in my life was I didn't ask enough. I was always bad about yeah. asking. And then I've come to realize if you don't ask, people have no idea what you want. It's like I expected people to read my mind and know what I wanted. 
And then when I started asking people, I got way more and people were excited. So <laughs> something I took away from what you just said, and that's something that's been a, a, something for me is building up your network and then making sure that you ask and you, you share with you know people like, what is your mission, your vision? And then you can find the ones that align with you and the ones that want to be a part of it. Uh, but don't don't think people are going to read your mind and just assume that, yeah. you know, they're going to want to go along for the ride. Uh, but no, this has been really great. And I'd love for you to share any any last words for anyone that, you know, what are you most excited about? Not just in gaming, just like you mentioned, XR. I mean, there's AR, VR. Everyone's talking. We were talking AI now is like the thing that everyone wants to talk about. You know, NFTs was the thing. And then it was metaverse, like all these new emerging technologies that are coming out and uh, you know many people just say web3 is you know many different technologies but what are you most excited about in maybe 2023 and beyond yeah um you know i'd like to see and this is outside of us i was gonna i was gonna gonna talk a little bit more about what what we were doing but then you know your your point was you know what, what am i excited about on a macro kind of level i'd like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit of a turn in the market um, and I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you know, some 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 crypto games or some, you know, some AAA games that have a crypto element leveraging the technology in the right way for the right reason and, and, and having success um, and, a, and a game going to market and, 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 and competing with a tri- AAA game, um, a standard AAA game, let's call it a Web2 game. Um, that's, uh, you know, basically just confined to console and is not necessarily leveraging decentralized technology. I'm looking forward to seeing the first one of those succeed. Our roadmap is pretty extended, so I don't know whether it's going to be us, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to people having a bit more of a positive view on the on the opportunity and the benefit of, of true decentralization and technology because, um, you know, we've had a lot of negative press recently and unfortunately, you know that's down to human behavior right it's not it's it's not the technology that's the fault right the immutable technology the decentralization of blockchain is such a massive opportunity for us as, as, as um you know as, as as a species i guess to to evolve and exponentially change and solve bigger problems i'd i'd, I'd like to see that that turn on its head and not just be everybody coming in and and, and thinking it's a money grab but but actually seeing the technology do good um, and, and, and we hope to do that. And um, we, I look forward to seeing some some projects out there doing that, too. Well, interestingly enough, I saw um, the U.S. is blocking the merging of Microsoft and Blizzard because I thought that was mm-hmm. going to be you know, something that they were going to move into. But I think this will be interesting. It doesn't sound like this will this will actually happen, um, which could be, you know, I would think a big impact on gaming, but you wanted, you said you wanted to share some more stuff about saltwater and your game. So we'd love to hear. Uh, it was just, you know, we're, talk, we're talking about a lot of things and, you know, we're, we're obviously uh, super keen for, for, you, for your audience to, to come along the journey with us. Right. So, um, you know, please come along and join the discord. You know, if there are three things that you took away from what Celeros is, which is, you know, the, the, the game world is that, you know, as you mentioned, we believe in creating the highest quality, most immersive experiences where physical and, and virtual merge for competition, rewards and education. Um, and, um, you know, we are building a AAA game. Um, we, we In the new year, we're going to be coming to market with some, some mobile experience. There's going to be some value drops. Um, we've already got a, 
a, a, you know, a fastly growing um, you know, Discord community, and we'd love you guys to to come on board uh, and and join us for the journey. It's going to be an exciting exciting journey. And um, a little announcement to to the audience is we've you know we've partnered with uh, Lucid Games in in Liverpool, who are going to help us build that that immersive AAA game. And Lucid come from a background um, having built and being involved at least uh, with 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 uh, with Wipeout. Uh, Gran Turismo um, and, and a series of other big league games, right? And so for us to be partnering with those guys and building that game and experience, that is a step in the the AAA game studio direction, and we're super pumped about that. So we're, you know, this is the first time we're kind of talking about it to anybody. We, we thought we'd announce it to you guys first today, and then we're going to media in the next in the next few days. So, um, you know, come along for the journey. It's pretty exciting, um, and um, yeah. Uh, I like that. You heard it here first. Good. Heard first. Breaking news. Lucid game. That's yeah. huge. Grand Turismo. Wow. That was my favorite game. I played that. It's actually the reason why I stopped playing games was because of that game. Because I, I found myself playing it too much. Yeah. So I actually had to pull away from playing video games because uh, it, it was spending all of my day doing that. I was becoming obsessed. So I know that this game is going to be incredible. Um, so I have can't you, wait. Have to... you played the new? Have you played the new one? No, I have. I haven't played since oh, yeah. 2006. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty addictive. I, I was the same as you when I was a kid. I was mentioning before that was, you know, we we, we used to have a little a group of us drive drive these kind of small rally cars, and then and then we'd all come back and have tournaments at my at my parents' old uh, old big big box TV and we'd all sit around it in the kitchen and have the, and set up our own tournaments and stuff. So for me, it was the same, like Gran Turismo was the thing that really got me, got, got me super excited. So, you know, working with some, some of those guys who are, who are involved with that original game and have been involved in that pathway and Wipeout of course is, is huge. And in fact, there's a couple of the designers in there from Need, Need for Speed as well. So it's, it, it, we're, we're really lucky to have partnered with those guys um, and, and we're really excited to see what comes out in the new year. And unlike a, you know, a traditional Web2 uh, business, we're going to be exposing a lot of this um, gameplay early before it's built and bringing in our community to help us guide what Celeros should look like. Just like we're building it with our partners, we're building it with our community, right? So we, we're already opening up the doors and we're bringing people in for beta testing. And even though we haven't we haven't got to that fully full gameplay part. We'll be releasing different parts of what we call or define like a, a beautiful corner of an element here or there. Um, we'll be bringing in the real, real, um, real, real, real airspeeder pilots, and we've got drone pilots to test things and so on and so forth. And in fact, um, you know, recently we announced that Bruno Senna, which is Ayrton Senna's nephew, who's a who's a, a professional, um, who was a, a Formula One pilot and now is one of the airspeeder pilots, he's come on part of our come on as our brand ambassador and he's going to be feeding in and does, helping us design the full experience as well to make sure that that gameplay is, is is immersive as possible and amazing for our for our users so it's it's wow. pretty exciting it's gonna be incredible yeah so how if people want to join the discord and they want to find out more info where do you where do you suggest they go yeah, uh, well, I, I don't know how, how this works with your channel, but I could probably send some stuff over to you and we can put it in the bottom of the video feed so people can join up and, and, and come along for the journey. Sure. Otherwise, yeah, we'll otherwise all Sal the Salaros.io or saltwatergames.com. Discord it, Salaros. Awesome. Chris Abbott, we were talking before, you're like the younger brother of Chris Hemsworth. If 
by the way. So we appreciate you being here. Uh, So make sure, yeah, I'll include all the links so they can join the Discord. And I mean, go along with the journey, the fact that you can actually, as a user, shape the game. I mean, that's that's what I love about the future. So thank you so much for being here. Saltwater Games, thank you for representing all the success you've had. And I know that's going to come along in the future. So congrats on that. But thanks again, Chris. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe and visit metatalks.com. That's talks with a Z.